0: back it up back it up let's dump this truck back it up back it up let's dump this truck hello and welcome to bad romance i'm Jordan searles and i'm bronwyn isaac and this week we are doing two
1: thousands The Ladies' Man, another Saturday Night Live movie. La la, this is, I mean, this is like in the same category as It's Pat when it comes to uh, quality. Oh, yeah, definitely.
0: So, this was directed by Reginald... (laughs) Reginald Hudlin? Yes, Reginald Hudlin. This is (laughs) something I should should know. (laughs) He also directed House Party, Boomerang, two classics So it's like, it's it's very weird to see him direct this Because it's like, Boomerang, classic rom-com That we'll never do on the podcast unless it's like a Wait, this he, is a good he directed
1: Django Unchained?
0: No, he produced Django Unchained
1: Okay, yeah. I was like, that's Quentin Tarantino. I didn't yes. know he was
0: involved in this. Interesting. <laughs> yes. He's involved in a lot of things, yeah. Um, he. So this is a director that has done good work. Like, I don't... Right. It's There's weird no that we're here, that we're having to do this. This was written by three people. Star Tim Meadows, then Andrew Steele, and Dennis McNicholas. And I almost feel like Tim Meadows is the only black person <laughs> like i'm like not i'm not 100 involved
1: in like the writing and yeah i feel like it's scenes. like him, yeah. and,
0: him and reginald are like i mean that's two like major black creative forces so i guess i'm just very confused uh what i'm trying to get at is that the ladies man is a bad movie it's a oh, movie it's
1: incredibly bad like this is <laughs> this is like In the first five minutes You're like Oh Oh this is what we're doing Okay And then it just Continues that For an hour and a half
0: (laughs) Yeah It's such a bad movie That I am unsure How much I Actually want to talk about it Because Somehow, this has even less stakes than Pat. Like yeah,
1: I- it's Pat. Like, we talked about... Like, that was an incredibly painful movie, but there's so many different weird plot points going on. There's stuff to unpack. Right. Um, where it's like, here's... Really nothing happens in this movie. Right. And Look- there's so little character development that... it. I, I mean, I don't know if there really is any, except, like... I
0: I have a lot of trouble believing that this main character, the ladies man, Leon Phelps, actually changes.
1: Yeah, I don't think he does. Yeah. (laughs) Like he, I mean, I don't see it like nothing about his personality changes. It's just his circumstances at the end of the movie because they had to have something that seemed like an arc.
0: Yeah, uh, poor Karen Parsons. Oh,
1: I felt so bad. For let's her. talk about
0: Karen Parsons for a little bit. Karen Parsons um, starred as Hilary Banks on The Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and she was fantastic. And you know, Will Smith went on to have a movie career, but a lot of the people on that show didn't. Most of the people that ended up having a better career are like people that were only there for a little bit, like Tyra Banks, who played his girlfriend for a while on the sh- Will's girlfriend for a while on the show. And there was also Nia Long who played Will's girlfriend for a while. And then later fiance. I don't remember if they get married. Basically people who played Will's Bit girlfriend yeah. got famous. If you played
1: Will's girlfriend, then, <laughs> you know, you were going to get some other good You roles, were at least like, in like
0: a hip hop video. If yeah. You like Will's you girlfriend. you got
1: to, you got to be on screen and you got to make money again. Like that was the thing that you got to do.
0: <laughs> right. Um. But most of the people on that show only kind of had like middling success, except for, you know, Uncle Phil, who's like a legend. Oh, yeah. um, but Karen Parsons is really interesting because unlike Alfonso Ribeiro, she did have a film career. It just never seemed to get off the ground. And so the movies she's almost in. Well, she's in two very specific bad movies. She is in this movie yes and
1: which is truly like just uh just rude to her just and, uh, and yeah, we will get into that it's very rude to her
0: and she also stars in major pain opposite damon wayne's where she is also the love interest in that so what we have is that She was also in Class Act, but she's not like a main she's not like a super big character in Class Act. I don't it's been a long time since I've watched Class Act. By the way, it's on Netflix. You should definitely watch it more than this. I don't know. So for all (laughs) intents and purposes, the only like movie that a lot of people know about that she's in that's good is Class Act. Otherwise, Major Pain and The Ladies Man, the kind of thing that you will see in reruns all the time on Comedy Central, if you can still afford cable in this hellscape, is that where you see her. And, you know, she did some indie stuff, like one thing called Mixing Nia that I would love to watch. I love how there's always just like these nice indie films that that are impossible to find. Yes. <laughs> like that you want to on support VHS. it. You want to watch
1: it. And, and it's like not streaming anywhere you know you you briefly consider torrenting it but then you don't know what virus you'll get <laughs>
0: anyway she's married to a nice white man director now li- named Alexandre Rockwell and i'm pretty sure she runs she runs a production company where i think she makes like um cartoons for like black girls or something like that something like oh, really awesome. sweet and wholesome and she's yeah yeah, so she's doing good, and she's also with like Jennifer Beals' ex-husband. So I love that he like just moved how does from this, one light how skin does to this a-
1: man. Get these gorgeous, <laughs> amazing women. Like yeah, he I must just, be. I would love to see he must the be dick. Amazing. Like where is what the is sex go- tape? This man. Like knows- imagine
0: those being the two people that you're. This like, man knows <laughs> what
1: he's. He knows how to lay it down, and he also knows his type. Like yeah, <laughs> like I mean. they absolutely they would go to the same audition for a role <laughs> oh, like they would both for the would. same role like i
0: almost i wonder if like because jennifer beals exists karen parsons could never thrive in that way yeah t- <laughs>
1: that's really interesting and of yeah, course then there's Halle really...
0: berry which is like the other tier to that who
1: oh really yeah I mean, she's it. like that top tier that's just like right. really hard to right
0: yeah um Everything around this movie is more interesting than this movie. Billy D. Williams narrates this movie. Billy D. Williams also recently um, says that he does not identify as like male or female. It was something like that. And then people were just like, "Oh, Billy D. Williams is like gender fluid." And then Billy D. Williams is like, "I don't know what that word means." I know. I love that. Like
1: so, I don't know. I just I love that. I love him. He I is eighty-two like that- years old, and he is adorable. He's so adorable, and I. I also just feel like that sums (laughs) up like the, the way internet conversations go yes, like
0: totally somebody
1: will say something and then everyone else is like okay we're gonna brand it in like our language and then that person's like oh okay uh <laughs> what it's are you talking so, about oh uh, yeah
0: just oh god so pure love him so
1: pure love him it was great seeing him yes it was always when I, was, I saw him I was so excited I was happy to see him and his character is fine I mean he's yeah. he plays a bartender at a Chicago bar yeah nothing bad to say about it yeah uh so he's great we have uh our recent
0: departed John Witherspoon rest in peace who is like kind of like a barfly that's always hanging out there yes um and we have some other people too we have Tim Meadows who um He's a very funny person, but it sucks that, like, the thing that he's most known for is Mean Girls, and he's probably going to die most known for Mean Girls. Oh, I hope not. (laughs) Oh, my God. Did I get
1: more? (laughs) Yeah, you just said he's going to (laughs) die most (laughs) known for Mean Girls, which, like, at this point, that would be correct. I don't know. Maybe he'll just like be in like a
0: super like great. Uh, I love you, Tim Meadows. I maybe wasn't trying maybe to maybe like, Jordan
1: Peele will like cast him in
0: something. Ooh, right? Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, yeah. I I will. I hope. I hope for the best for you, Tim Meadows. It's very hard to be Me a black too. person on SNL, and I totally understand. And I'm not even mad at this character because, like, once again, it's hard to be a black person on SNL. Oh like, yeah. Like as much as I don't really like this character, like this character
1: like, is not that funny. But it's like you understand why it exists, like. It's just, it's not funny enough for a full movie, that's for sure. Yeah, it's...
0: Uh, so, who else is in this movie? How else can we tread water? Oh, my God, later we have Tiffany Amber Thiessen, which is so interesting to see her, because it's like Hilary Banks from The Fresh Prince of Air. Tiffany Thiessen was in Saved by the Bell and Beverly Hills 90210.
1: Yeah, it's... How- it's- <laughs> I mean, there's also a, a cameo from Julianne Moore. Um, yes, there is, which is supremely bizarre. Julianne Moore playing herself, playing one of Leon
0: Phelps's many conquests, and then they fuck with her like in clown makeup,
1: which is maybe the best scene of this movie. It, it, I think it is because you just so <laughs> don't. It, it's one of the only times that I was surprised while watching this movie was yeah. was Julianne Moore. Um, playing herself and then going back behind one of those like changing wall things and coming back like manic, Clown so There was not jumped, enough of jumping <laughs> on him and like making weird sounds, and then they, you know, inevitably had sex.
0: There wasn't like enough of that energy in this movie. Definitely not. Definitely. Um, so we th- should we should t- <laughs> mention the plot. Um, um but <laughs> wait, one more thing. That's not the plot that I can talk about. <laughs> so Julianne Moore. This is. We'll probably bring this up. I think I might have brought it up when we finally did uh, a rom com starring her, but. Uh, in the late 90s, she was going through an expensive divorce and took a lot of roles that she did not want. So if you see something weird about her in the late 90s and early 2000s and you're like, why is she here? she was paying for her divorce. And I feel like this... <laughs> This was, was definitely
1: paying for her divorce. This was definitely a paying for divorce. I feel like this was paying for a few divorces. <laughs> that was the vibe of this movie. It's like, everybody's just taking this check. Everybody's way more talented than what's going on here. And somehow this got made. Um, so the plot, Bronwyn, yes, what is it? The plot. So Tim Meadows plays Leon Phelps, and he is a DJ who likes to talk about sex, which it's very funny. Also, he's playing like a 70s... Like, it's not set in the 70s, but he's playing a guy who's well, like...
0: Okay, so his backstory is is that he... They don't say this outright, but they show it to you in images that he grew up in the Playboy Mansion. Yes. So he was raised by Hugh Hefner. So I guess, like, it would make sense that there would be no bit of, like, contemporary blackness on him. Because where would he have gotten it? Um so there's that but he's so he's like happy in the playboy mansion and he's fine and then he sleeps with one of hef's girl girlfriends and then he gets kicked out of the playboy mansion so it's like this is
1: like the house bunny a movie about getting kicked out of the playboy mansion. yeah this is like basically what would happen <laughs> if hugh hefner had an adopted black son who he never raised who like formed weird uh, sexual obsessions not in a healthy context and then right. got kicked out <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so
0: he and so then karen parsons whole thing is that she i don't know what happened with her wedding i think i oh no i think it's the guy left her at the altar and so she comes into this bar that billy d williams and uh john witherspoon are at and and she's just like in her wedding dress in this bar and she looks
1: beautiful oh, i mean yeah she's she's right. karen parsons so she's right. stunning and yeah. she's like you know she's one of those people who's pretty when she cries which makes me want to scream
0: i just and what what's really crazy is that like can you i can imagine so many other movies where a where a beautiful woman like karen parsons is wearing a wedding dress comes into a bar and then like meets the man that will change her life the fact that the man that she meets is leon phelps is incredibly depressing
1: oh it <laughs> <laughs> so depressing partially because it's not that unreal <laughs> like like it's more realistic than a lot of things is just like this subpar dude being like, oh, do you want a job that won't be great for your life? OK, so
0: like he makes her laugh, which, you know, I mean, after being left at the altar, you you need a good laugh. That's good. What what confuses me is that she kept on hanging out with him yes. and
1: hinged her
0: career on him. my home.
1: The whole movie, I was like, <laughs> I truly don't understand why we as the audience are supposed to believe that she's gonna actually like want to hitch her horse to his wagon and like think he's funny when everything he says is just like a hack open mic joke about sex. Right. Like, there's nothing actually funny. And her character does call him out, so it, she is smarter than him. So I just don't understand why she hangs out with him It's for so very long.
0: weird. Also, she's a bad producer because she has never reined him in before. Like, basically, the movie tells us that he's just like this all the time, and they've been on thin ice for years, and then their boss, Eugene Levy, like, really, really wants to get rid of Leon. But it's, like, it's weird. If you're his producer, like part of being a producer is just being like, you can't, you can't do say this that. anymore. You can't say that
1: bomb. You can't, say drop the that. You can't you right. know, talk explicitly about anal sex. Like you have, like there are, there are censoring <laughs> censorship boundaries and you also just have to be professional in certain ways, but she never does that. She always, it's kind of like, she just throws up her hands like, Oh, well, you know, boys will be boys. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, it's oh, a very I like, be, you know, Leon's like that. But it's like, this is your job. Yeah. And, and she's, <laughs> <laughs> and I mean And this is hard to tell If this is how It was supposed to be written Or just like Her acting and presence Like She's smart And that's she's what Drives me crazy Is her character's him. not supposed to be Stupid or dense Or anything Like she's smarter than him So it makes less sense that she puts up with this because he doesn't really have any redeeming qualities.
0: Yeah. And it's like she's not doing like and the thing is that we know that Karen Parsons can play like an airhead like Hillary Banks is very much that a lot of the time. Yeah. And but it's like she's not playing that here because she has to play straight to Leon. So her playing straight to Leon just makes their dynamic make no sense
1: absolutely it's just so <laughs> confusing you're like i don't get it there's and and if they had written leon to be like he could still be cartoony but to be a little more of an actual person um or maybe given her some sort of strange quirk that made it them make more sense right like maybe i could have I fucked with it a little more like their dynamic but it was just i was genuinely just confused at why is she still hanging out with him
0: i would love like if a great way to kind of sort of fix this would be to just be like, She's really, really smart, but she has a terrible sense of humor. Like, if yeah. he was just, like, doing... And she was just, like, laughing. And then when Eugene Levy comes in to be mean, she can just be like, what? That's funny. I don't understand. Yeah, that would have been a really
1: easy way for them to fix that. And it would have completely um, helped... It wouldn't have made the movie good, but it would have helped me at least believe one of the, the, the oh, right. primary emotional dynamic.
0: Yeah, because um, so much of this is, like, basically he Leon gets fired it's weird he gets fired for doing something that i'm sure that he does
1: all the time um yeah it's (laughs) not even like like... beyond and also i mean this is like it was also funny to me because on one hand he is really crass and he is really you know inappropriate and unprofessional but on the other hand like i don't know there's so many radio djs (laughs) that like are dirty yeah it was also funny to me that that this was like This edgy thing Oh
0: yeah No the thing is Is that he's not edgy Like th- basically It seems like He's he just gets like
1: Whoa sex There's an innuendo uh, Like it's like you A 15 right. year old Right It just seems
0: like He gets fired Because he pisses White people off Like I think That's yeah. what it is Because like he's Basically it, He gets fired Because he's doing This whole like Long bit about like Okay I can clean it up I can do romance And it's like You gotta do something special For your someone special yes. And there's like This whole you montage let, Of like, like Light
1: the candles You gotta let him know like, and then the like, couple, cetera, and it's just like this
0: whole windup. And then the pitch is do something special, do it in the butt. <laughs> and then that's, and it. then that's the thing that he gets fired for. I could not imagine. <laughs> Somebody getting fired in two thousand
1: for saying for these. saying do it in the butt, do like, it in the butt. Like okay, like, <laughs> like I, it's
0: not even like a taboo thing. Like everybody
1: does it. Yeah, like it was. It was so <laughs> I don't know. It, it felt like like this movie and and the, and the character of Leon Phelps is so relying on shock value, but it's not even shocking. And I don't. Right. I normally don't really like things that purely rely on shock value, anyways, because I usually find it lazy and boring. But this was like. Lazy and boring and not even shocking. So I was like, right. Okay. It, it really <laughs> like, wasn't was like, End shocking. End your point.
0: <laughs> and I feel like this is kind of where the whiteness of the creative team comes in because, like, uh, you know, the, the star is black, you know, the director is black, but SNL, where this character was cultivated and, like, in the way in which, like, the production company and everything is very white. Because the thing about it is, is that if this was a movie set in a universe that was actually black, especially, in the time of the of like 2000 like this would not be an issue like this seems to be existing in a white universe that so they just put a bunch of black
1: people in if that makes sense yeah no it does <laughs> make sense it does make sense cuz it just
0: doesn't cuz like the things that he's saying like i could turn on comic view As a child, like, late night on BET and, like, watch Bruce Bruce or Monique or Leslie Jones before she was famous say something just like this. Oh, for sure. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) It is very... And there is a weird, like... I don't know. There's also this almost fetishy aspect. Uh, just So like- his character.
0: Um, so it seems like the Leon Phelps character, the nineties is not my favorite SNL decade. I'm a seventies SNL person. Yes, I know I'm weird. And so I don't know much about the nineties, mostly because I was a child during that time and don't really have nostalgia for that time at all. Um, so, I, I don't really know the specifics of this character, but this character seems to be, number one, in Eddie Murphy character. <laughs> yeah. This is an Eddie Murphy character. Yeah, this absolutely. This is a character that
1: really only Eddie Murphy could make work. That's the thing, because, like, Eddie Murphy... I mean, I watched My Name is Dolomite a few nights ago, so, like, he was fresh on my mind and, like, how well he did. And, right. like... And I've seen the original Dolomite. And so I was just like, oh, wow. Like Eddie Murphy's amazing. Eddie Murphy
0: (laughs) is the kind of person where you can take a character that is this kind of like old timey and make it work. And also Eddie Murphy kind of like played on because when he was on SNL, he was basically like the most prominent black person. And they base and they hinged the entire show on him for, for the duration of his time there. And so a lot of his bits, are kind of like based in the fact that he is the one black guy and he leans into it by, you know, like making jokes about, you know, what you expect of blackness, you know, like a big dick, like the, um, kind of like the so the social reasons, how white people react to the only black person in the room, like all of these like special nuances. And he's able to just like thread this needle so well, but
1: yeah, Tim absolutely. Meadows,
0: um, this is just not. It doesn't work with. It this. does not work. For it does him. not. Yeah. yeah it and it, it just doesn't d- have
1: the nuance or the heart. Like Eddie Murphy is so good at putting heart into things and and into characters that like most people wouldn't be able to convey the amount of nuance that he does. This but, is like Norbit level Eddie Murphy for me.
0: Yeah. And so yeah, I and mean, that's the problem because like Leon Phelps, his whole thing is this concept of black masculinity as an inherent threat to the white man and that is uh, that is all like people talk about like how big his dick is and also Will Farrell his the antagonist in this movie is Will Farrell is running like an entire crew of guys who all had who Leon Phelps slept with all of their women and like it's a mixed race group of guys but most of the guys that are most, most of them vocal are white. are white
1: it has a very um yeah. it has a very men's rights activist vibe right. to it yeah um yeah and 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 the whole thing is it's a support group because they've all all of their wives or girlfriends have slept with Leon Phelps and they all want to to get revenge and he's mythologized, you know, as the ladies' man, as like this threat to our masculinity. Right. Which obviously there's like racially coded history there. Um
0: Yeah, and so much yeah so much of this like this movie is essentially about the white man being threatened by the sexual prowess of the black man. And that um the movie isn't smart enough to do it. <laughs> definitely of that. not. This like, is a very like a delicate subject that and it's they handle incredibly poorly. crudely done
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's really crudely done and it's really one note too it's like every every joke is one joke that repeats for an hour and a half it's like there's like three jokes in the whole movie and they just keep happening and that's it and so it's like there's the joke of like will ferrell and like all these men being insecure, and like they're like outlandish stories and about also, walking in on Leon Phelps with their woman. And, and then- he's
0: got like a smiley face tattoo on his ass. Yeah and so that that's how they like track him down and also there's just like a a bunch of serious things that the movie just doesn't know what to do like leon phelps sleeps with somebody's wife and then the guy tries to hang himself and then oh my um, gosh that scene (laughs) and then the um basically the the ceiling fan comes down and so he spends the rest of the movie in a neck brace and he like that's when he meets up with will ferrell and then there's a whole like it's like, like, like supposed it's, to be funny like that he fight like club. didn't
1: successfully kill himself. Like that's the way right. the movie frames it as like slapstick. Right.
0: <laughs> right. It, it's like it's like this weird version of Fight Club where they're all just like talking about they're just all obsessing over a black man and his gigantic dick. And it's just very strange. And also, and there's, there's several the scenes wo-
1: in the movie yeah. where like a woman like <laughs> sees his dick and responds viscerally like, "Oh, wow. And I'm just like, that doesn't happen. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> um, I would suggest if you do not n- understand these archetypes that much, uh, you would read a book, by Mr. Donald Bogle, who was my professor at NYU, very smart and you know very good at pointing out like the several like types in terms of blackness and like whiteness being um, threatened by it. And Karina Longworth gets into it sometimes. On you must remember this, depending on the topic. But you know, if you want to read like a black man talking about it, that's fine. You want to listen to Karina; her voice is very calming for me, so like that's also fine. Do whatever you want to yeah, do. Yeah. What's um, the name of the book? Um. It's called, like, Toms, Coons, Bucks, Mammies. Like, it's just, like, a okay. long thing. Like Yeah, and if you types. Google that, it's going to come up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it will. Um, so, yeah, th- that's the thing. Like, this is a very... It's a
1: weird movie to watch because it's so stupid and it's not funny or smart, but it has really heavy subjects in it that it could engage with if it was a better movie.
0: Right. It's humor is based in a very complex issue. And like, I understand trying to make light of it, but no one like, uh, you know, a great example of a movie kind of like, taking its stuff seriously while still making you laugh is I'm usually wait until I give a suggestion, but undercover brother, just watch undercover brother, undercover brother covers a lot of like, what's going on here. (laughs) Yeah.
1: But (laughs) in a way that's actually smart and funny.
0: And in a way that's like really fun. Um, Yeah. Undercover brother is a very like underrated thing because instead of, you know, it was directed by Spike Lee's cousin, Malcolm, and a lot of white people don't know much about Malcolm D. Lee, but most of his movies are good. And he's also really good at like talking about blackness and depicting romance in a way that doesn't weigh you down.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, like that's able to be light and right. funny and enjoyable, but also not water down or bastardize real dynamics that play out. Yes, yes, yes um
0: and please don't watch undercover brother 2.
1: Uh also
0: another thing another movie that kind of does this is like Black Dynamite which does this like 9 years later.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Black definitely. Dynamite also
0: <laughs> leans into this. But yeah, <laughs> Undercover Brother comes out 2 years after this and covers a lot of this material in a way that's also like way more direct about race than this movie is. Yeah, this movie has a <laughs> weird relationship
1: with race because on one hand like he'll he'll like say things or i mean the whole his whole persona is like i'm a 70s guy like i'm a black guy from the 70s because i didn't grow up with other black people so this is my idea of being a black man and so that's like a visual that's like a visual thing that's like there the whole time and and like he obviously his character knows that he's black but it's like, like you said, it does feel like it's in a white world, and that's why there's so much reaction to him, yeah, but it's not framed in a way that actually
0: the blackest thing about this it. the blackest thing about this movie is when we meet Kieran Parsons' parents,
1: oh, yes, <laughs> yes. I love them
0: yeah so essentially uh, I mean a lot of the plot of this movie is that Leon gets fired and then Karen Parsons and him have to go and try to get out of their jobs and then Leon keeps on ruining it because he can't help but speak dirty like there's a scene where he's like interviewing a nun for a Christian news yeah a he news somehow, radio
1: thing. It, I mean it's so like next level that he would even get a job for a Christian station given his track record but like he ends up getting like filling in for someone and interviews a nun and of course there's all these double entendres with what the nuns saying. And then he ends up not able to contain his jokes. And so he, he makes crude jokes to her and then ends up and like tells a story about a threesome and then ends up getting fired. And then like, (laughs) yeah, he just keeps ruining opportunities. And then he gets this letter and it's an anonymous letter and it's a love letter. I'm saying that with quotes that you can't see because there's no love in this movie. Um, It's a love letter from a woman who describes having sex with him in the laundromat and like talks about how she misses him the last two years. She's been thinking about him and he always called her sweet thing and she's come into some money and she'd love to start a life with him if he's interested, but she doesn't reveal her name. And because he's the ladies man, he can't remember who it is. (laughs) So that's like supposed to be like the plot in a sense is him figuring out who it is. Uh, yeah, and but it's just. It doesn't, yeah. I mean, it like means that he interacts with a few women he's hooked up with, but it's not even like a fun shenanigan thing. No,
0: except for the Julianne Moore one. It, they're all pretty bad. And then when he finally does meet the woman played by Tiffany at Bertheson, it's like they have no chemistry and it's just weird.
1: Yeah, they don't have any chemistry. And <laughs> of course. Her husband is Will Farrell who is running the club.
0: Oh, yeah. And the big joke about Will Farrell is that he's gay, but in denial. And I don't... <sighs> yeah, that's like a whole thing. Uh, that's where a whole thing that I don't even want to talk about because it's stupid. <laughs> yeah, he's
1: like, he likes to wrestle and he has this friend, Brian, and they practice wrestling. And so there's this go- ongoing bit where he's like, basically horny for Brian. And, you know, it's supposed to be funny because it's like, oh, my gosh, what if he was gay? And it's like okay <laughs> <laughs> That actually seems like it'd solve a lot If he divorced his wife And then yeah. she can just go <laughs> be with someone else And um, Yeah there's like a whole scene Where like him and and leon are like gonna battle it's really ridiculous yeah it's it's not even worth talking about because nothing really happens
0: no like essentially he ruins his life and he ruins karen parsons life and then as i mentioned the best scene in the movie is when he just like shows up at her parents house and her parents just like him because they have the same bad sense of humor she does
1: yeah, absolutely like they're <laughs> like, oh, this guy's funny. he can stay here as long as he wants and she's like, I didn't invite him here and of course, of course, she's liked him all along and and she's just been kind of like waiting been for him waiting to for notice. him to calm down and you know like be done spreading his wild Kmart lube oats <laughs> um, yeah. And,
0: Eventually, uh, he has to choose between her and Tiffany Amber Thiessen, who he doesn't love, but who is rich and he's not good at keeping a
1: job. <laughs> right. So he is he decides to go with Tiffany. But then, spoiler, in the end, he ends up with Karen because yeah. he realizes what really matters is being you know, with the only woman who laughs at his jokes. <laughs> you, uh, I mean that is that is honestly man shit. Like it is incredibly like real. And of course they have a baby that is wearing paisley, which I do love.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, oh also there is a scene that um is worth mentioning that is actually funny is <laughs> when they're When him and (laughs) Karen Parsons' ex-fiance do this weird, like, eating black food off. like Oh, yeah, (laughs) that
1: part was funny. (laughs) It's just weird because I'm just, like... (laughs) It's very out of nowhere. (laughs) It's, like, basically, like, Karen Parsons' ex-fiance has connections and could possibly help Leon get a job. And somehow she talks him into coming in to meet Leon. But then Leon, like... It ruins up by being like, Oh, you're the man who, you know, broke her heart. And then Karen Parsons ex is a jerk and he calls her Ditzy or something, like something disrespectful. Like basically calls her unintelligent. And then Leon gets mad and challenges him to eat a bunch of the bar's food. It's it's such <laughs> a weird Well, number one, the
0: fact when we finally meet this guy that left her at the altar, I'm just like you're not hot And she is No <laughs> is he's is not bullshit? hot Like
1: like Tim Meadows character Is obnoxious But Tim Meadows Is much more attractive Oh yeah 100% So like I'm just like Oh
0: my god this guy This is a guy That must have like Told her that she was stupid Like every day of her life Because that's uh, the only way That she would like, Yeah <laughs> I actually
1: <laughs> I was like This guy seems like He was emotionally abusive And maybe that's why She's so attached to Leon Is she knows that He'll never hurt her In that way
0: Yeah I kind of want her To go to therapy Instead of being with with leon but she ends up with leon and there's nothing that can be done about
1: yeah i i would way prefer her go to therapy as well
0: <laughs> yeah but like that's like the one i guess like that's it made me laugh it was very black and like also like um uh what is it uh oh yeah it ends with uh the the, the ex-fiance eating poop which is funny
1: Yeah, no, that part is really funny. Like, its I mean, the thing is, and that that makes this movie frustrating, and and most of the SNL movies, is that there's really funny people in it. Right. But the script is so bad, it's just, like, painful to watch them all squander their talents on this project. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's essentially how I feel. And I almost feel like I did a speed run through this
1: entire movie. And it, No, I mean we digressed a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just like it's, it's a, just it's there's not. It's
0: very much a subject of the whiteness of SNL, and yes. perhaps why this is the only SNL movie that centers on a black character.
1: Yeah, even which though is the blues, even
0: though the Blues Brothers is essentially just like. I, you know what, The Blues Brothers is a movie that I like, but at some point we're going to have to talk about how it's, pro- like, its proximity to blackness is a lot of the reason why The Blues
1: Brothers works. Oh, for sure. And like why it's cool <laughs> right, and funny. Right, exactly. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And, and I don't think that they've ever been able to replicate how cool The Blues Brothers was. I mean, I guess you can't, because I mean, The Blues Brothers had Aretha Franklin, like you
1: can't. Yeah, you can't. Like, <laughs> like how do you follow that like how do you follow aretha i honestly you know?
0: if that was like the only saturday night live movie i feel like we would all be fine we would all be okay
1: i mean wayne's world all right wayne's world I do you love wayne's world wayne's world is but fine yeah if we could have wayne's world and blues brothers and just leave the rest yeah and just let 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 these characters stay within the world of sketch
0: yeah this just doesn't it just doesn't really work once again undercover brother and um black dynamite cover a lot of this material better. It's very very hard to critique the way that white people view black people and especially black men if we're going through a very white filter. Like it's just impossible to really get that done. And I think the ladies man is a great example of that because I don't even know there's like a lot of like um comedies that people don't like or are like critically panned you know black people don't care it's like there's funny people in here it's funny like yeah. like it works like the ladies man is not something that like black people will be like this is super good it's something that we never talk about for yeah not at all um So like it's not even that this is lacking in critical acclaim like I like of course on this podcast we've made it clear that we don't care but in this case the lack of critical acclaim was correct but I also just think it would have been
1: such a better movie if less white people were involved. Oh yeah for sure for sure and if the writing was was like all black writers.
0: Yeah like what if he had what if Tim Meadows had written this with Aaron Magruder.
1: (laughs) Right, because you don't know, because right. like, I am very curious, like, what was his script versus their notes versus, you know, there's so many things we don't know. All we know is that you should not watch this movie. <laughs> you should watch Undercover Brother instead. Also, we are going to be part of the 2020 Brooklyn Podcast Festival, um, which means we are going to have a live show on January 23rd at Union Hall. Uh, Doors at 930 Show at 10 Um, And we are going to cover Love Actually Which we have somehow Not covered up until now I think we've actively Been avoiding it (laughs) Because it has been requested And it's definitely One that comes up So we're gonna We're gonna save that one For our live show So if you're in the area We would love to see you there Yes We'll hang out afterwards You know Share a drink A conversation um the the whole festival um there's a lot of really fantastic shows so you know you could also just make it a weekend. Um yeah. yeah. I've been Bronwyn Isaac.
0: I've been Jordan Searles
1: <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Uh, yeah. Back it up. Back it up.
0: Let's Oh uh, yeah. Back it up. Back it up. Yeah, let's go.